Oh. Now. Pro Tools is recording, and then... Cool. We're synced. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like a slate. All right, fuck. We're, we're going. We're on. Yeah. This is the show. Welcome to episode... What was it? What 15. Was it? 15. That's a... Oh, gosh. Stop. Um... That's Diesel. Diesel's in the house. Diesel's our guest today. Uh, always. We don't have a guest today. Technically, our last two episodes that we released, even though we record them in different order, um, had guests, right? Yeah. Cool. And we'll probably have... I actually was just messaging a guy about being a guest for a reason. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. What what's the reason? He's a porn star. No, I'm just kidding. We already talked about having the that guy on. But so the guy Zach that I was talking to, he was hitting me up about something else. But he is both a really amazing guitarist in the in the area. Like all the guys I do the open mic with, uh-huh. I always ask them, I'm like, who's probably the best guitarist in in or like the best musician, frontman guy in the area and the local scene? And all of them are like, it's probably Zach. Oh. Cause he has like the this like bluesy kind of emotion with him and like really good musicianship but it's presented in a pretty raw way but he's the white belt at method that i think you should roll okay he just did a tournament recently he won most of his matches he he might have only lost he definitely lost one he might have lost another but he did well cool what uh as far as music goes is he in like any local bands or anything? His band, well, he definitely had a band that had a name, but his main <laughs> band is Zach, the Zach Cantler band. Oh, as I could bring it up, does he play the... play around town? Yeah, he plays all the time. Like every weekend, he's usually doing something. He hasn't been as into it lately, as far as like trying to gig all the time. Mm-hmm. But he's a uh... He's a regular. He's he's the guy who ran the open mic that I did for a while, and then now somebody else runs it because he got into a fight with a guy who works there. Oh, I think I think you told me about that story. Yeah, dude, it was crazy because I mean, it is what it is. Zach, he'd probably tell this story when he came on. He, there's a couple funny reasons that he'd be a good guest. He also has sleep paralysis, <laughs> and and it's borderline trippy. He like the shit that happens to him is like borderline psychedelic, and, really? and he's never tripped on anything. So he's explaining stuff that that makes you know people think of trippy things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is in that headspace that I was kind of talking about before. Um, so that's always a fun thing. Sleep paralysis is very interesting to me. Yeah, we've we've touched on it. Um, yeah, but just last night I was falling asleep on my back and I can't remember the dreams, but I remembered, Oh yeah, it's because I'm sleeping on my back that I'm kind of in this waking dream state when I sleep on my back. Have you ever noticed that they say that helps? Um, Yeah. But that's like, if, if he's going to come on and talk about it, we don't have to touch on it too much, but that's just, that seems like something I don't want to experience. Yeah. Was there something else you asked about him or no? Bands, just bands. Oh yeah. No, he just plays, um, it kind of sounds like progressive rock with like a like an emotional modern rock kind of sound. Maybe not overly. It's like singer songwriter. He has like a dreamy kind of sound with like emotional buildups. Yeah, it it's good. Set set it up. They play on. out really well. Like when when he does guitar solos and shit like that, it's unreal. 
And I've been to a lot of concerts over the years, and I've seen a lot of metal bands and a lot of people who play out. I've seen a ton of rock solos live. Zach is really good, dude. Yeah. It's it's impressive to watch him. He's not just good, he's good to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fun, that, a fun player to watch. Yeah. Cause there's and this is actually funny because like his ex-girlfriend dates a guy that comes to the mic now. So it's all sorts of funny <laughs> and awkward. I love it. And like it's there's all like of, there's, there's like mutual friends involved one. and they're both in the local music scene. So it gets wild. But the guy that he plays that they're the guy that dates his ex and this guy is amazing at guitar, and I, I mean, I, I would love watching him play, but he's missing like that balls or like that energy yeah, that yeah. that I usually connect with, or I definitely like something that's super raw and open about. Yeah, somebody. he's a, he's a good he's a good guitar player technically, but just what what you're saying it sounds like what you're saying is he's good technically, but lacks the emotion. I mean, t- to an extent, it's a more reserved, contained thing. Yeah. Probably introverted people or stuff like that connect to it, or they might think that people who are the other way are more obnoxious. I just know, for my taste, there's something I connect to with Zach. He's got something. He's got an energy about him, dude. I was, I was, uh, my my brother's buddy when I just turned 21 bought this house up in PA, and he's an extremely Whoa. good guitar stop he's an extremely good guitar player and uh i had just it was like a sunday or something and i had come home i was down in the city or some shit and he was down in the basement playing guitar and i could hear the guitar from the outside and the shit was cranked and i could just i could hear the anger coming out of his guitar amp yeah and i could just feel like the energy in the house like of the notes and how he was playing and i'm like oh man something is not right with this guy right now that's wild and i walked down i walked down to the basement and i opened up the door to like this music room that we had set up and i was like hey man are you okay (laughs) he just kind of looked at me he's like not really why i was like man i could hear it coming out of the fucking guitar amp and it was like it was some long fucking story about how he ran into his ex the night before at like a wedding or something and she was engaged to this other dude and it was just like all of his sadness and anger was just screaming through that fucking amp oh yeah dude there's something about it you you can hear stuff like that sometimes you know what i think it is musically I love contained energy. I love people who like, you can tell there's like this, it's like, um, there's a tension about the softness about it. Right. What I, what I don't really care for is super relaxed music. Yeah. yeah, Music that's just, it's chill and relaxed and easy and just kind of just, yeah, relaxed. That's, and and you know what, that's what draws me to like harder aggressive music is I don't, I don't like chill music yeah i can't stand acoustic music i can't stand acoustic versions of songs like when bands put out acoustic albums i fucking hate that yeah they usually strip down a lot of the energy yeah it's it takes there's almost like an ugliness to raw acoustic playing that like most people avoid they'd rather just sound a little prettier and softer and, and chill and it's nice because they it's a variety to them i guess but i miss I mean, if you're going to even do it acoustic, I usually like there to be a, a, an obvious thick layer of uh, almost 
tension. Yeah. I guess. And because like because growing up, I mean, like the majority of people our age, we grew up in households listening to classic rock, like Zeppelin, yeah, um, Zeppelin, Hendrix, that kind of shit. But uh, just with like my father's background and my brother's background, they liked the more bluesier stuff. And it just what? It, why? Because of your dad's background with the earth. Well, they 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 just. I mean, my dad played guitar. My brother oh, plays guitar. I didn't so, know that. Um, shit. Um, and my brother just was always always drawn to like the more bluesy side of that. Is like, that the, what got you into playing bass? No, I got a bass for Christmas one year, and that was it. How old were you? Um. Probably fifth grade. Did you immediately start playing regularly, or did it take time before you wanted to learn it? No, no, no. Like the next day, I started, started learning it. I I should be a whole lot better at it than I am. Yeah, because I do. I I love low end. I love bass, not just like the instru- instrument, but I love bass in music. EDM music. No, yeah, just- dance, <laughs> trance. <laughs> yeah, dude, I all love that it. shit. All that. <laughs> all about the bass. Nah, I just I. I've always just been drawn to like the low end of music. I love going to a concert and feeling that frequency, that low frequency, just like pound yeah. in your chest. And uh, I don't know, it's a whole lot easier than guitar too. You know, that's so funny because even though I like a lot of heavier music and stuff that's like drop tuned, I really like a crispness about music. And a lot of times I like like less low end. Like I don't like heavy bass in my headphones. I actually like listening to flat monitor headphones mm-hmm. as opposed to EQ that boosts the low end. Yeah. I would like to boost the high end more well, than the low end. I don't I don't like headphones like that because it's a manufactured low end. It's just yeah. like pumping it up and it just doesn't sound it doesn't sound as good. You would it just probably, sounds muddy. You would probably be surprised at the way I would prefer to listen to it though. It would, we would probably have a slightly different taste as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, I like lower stuff, but the higher ends of a lower sound. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a like, crispness about it. Yeah, yeah, like the uh, like the like deeper baritone singers yeah. are a good example. But uh, yeah, electric guitar as opposed to like just like a a ba- like a, even like bass. This is a good example. A pick. I I usually like the way a pick sounds on a bass unless they have like a a finger style that has like a little bit of a crispness. Yeah, because it hits it 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 gets a little bit more like twang to it, like yeah. punch to it. Oh, dude! Speaking of bass, and I know people hate when they play an instrument, and everyone's like, except for guitar, because everyone's a good guitarist. But like a good drummer, people will be like, for the metal side, they'll be like, do you like you got to hear this Mastodon song, or do you like yeah. Dream Theater? But and bass players constantly hear. Um, Primus. Yeah. But have you ever heard the band Morphine? No. Morphine had a song that was featured in the movie, do you know um, Nothing to Lose with Tim Robbins and Martin Lawrence? If not, it should be your homework. <laughs> I, I, it's like the perfect 90s comedy, dude. I'll have to check. Because, dude, anything- <laughs> so good. Anything Martin Lawrence in like the 90s You're is gonna fucking love it. classic. Tim Robbins is so good in it, dude. They're like this- they're, they get coupled for a reason, and they're like polar opposites. It's kind of like a rush hour type thing. The, the, I'm not going to tell you the full premise. Well, the beginning premise isn't a big deal. Um, there are some twists. Uh, the, this guy catches his wife um, having an affair with his boss, and he decides, but they don't know he saw them. 
and he decides oh. to to come up with a plan to get his boss back essentially and Martin Lawrence finds out and decides to help him out I he's think gonna, like I rob have, him I think I have seen that yeah he's gonna rob it's, him it's forever ago but I'm pretty sure I have seen it's that. it's so good dude I mean, for being that style of movie, when you compare it to other 90s comedies, it is on point. Yeah. And it stays good. So, okay, back to Morphine. Uh, Morphine is, yeah, just like how I use that with like the Nick Cave has a song in there. Morphine has a song from this movie that once you've heard it, you will always remember it. And you probably would have heard it in other ways. But they're a bass and um, saxophone. And I know you might not even, it's like, but it's like rock and like very, um, it's different. A lot of people like it. I like who have kind of a slightly alternative taste. It's catchy as fuck. It's really good. The band Morphine. I'll I'll send you like a couple songs. Yeah. Well, I can just YouTube it. (laughs) They're not a bit, you might not want to hear their albums, but I bet you there are like five, six songs where you'd be like, dude, that's a really, they have, um, the swagger about them. Yeah. Their identity is like a good. It's a duo. It's just two people? No, well, there's a dr- um the the singer I believe plays a string bass like a stand up bass. A stand up bass. Yeah. There's a saxophone player and there's a drummer. Huh. I guess it's three people. The saxophone definitely does kind of lead. Um actually as a matter of fact, dude, I'll play the song that you might know. What was the other thing we were talking about earlier music wise? Was there something oh Zach's band. I don't yeah. think there's an easy way to pull that up. Another no. time. But um, while you're pulling that up, I'll say we were talking about chill music and the low end. The one ch- the type of chill music that has a fucking awesome low end is reggae music. Reggae? Yeah. I can't do it. What's your favorite reggae? I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not that big into it, but I just, I just love how that fucking, it's just a smooth just booming low end. I uh, the bass in reggae music. I fucking love. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just there and it's just deep and fucking pounding. I gotta listen to it. I, I don't know anything it's, off the top of my head. I mean, it's not. It, it, there's nothing notable like worth pointing out. Like, oh, check out this band because a lot, of, especially like the new reggae bands coming out are just so fucking phony. I know more about country than I do about reggae. I don't. I barely know Bob Marley. I don't know a name of another reggae act. Hmm, that's okay. I mean, what's, I mean, is Sublime's not reggae. Sublime's like, I mean, they're reggae influenced, but they're, they're I mean, Sublime's very, very, very reggae influenced, but also very like punk and hardcore influenced. Like they do, they cover like a lot of minor threat and yeah. some descendants and shit. Speaking of like chill stuff, the, the type of relaxed music. I do like, which is usually not something I would put on driving, even though I would enjoy it. Um, just background music when people are over. But do you know the band, is it Portishead? I don't know how to pronounce it. And then there's Massive Attack. No, I don't it's, know that. It's like, they're like the big pioneers in the trip hop scene. But the music is so, um, there's there's like shit that goes on and it's not, it doesn't sound electronic. Yeah, I don't um, know what that is. Okay, let me do. I can't. I I have a hard time getting into electronic music. Yeah, you would at least acknowledge that it's a very cinematic and pretty sound, yeah. even if you didn't like it. Like if you had to re- produce it or do something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you would definitely notice things about it that are um, strong. You would be like, "There's yeah. there's something here for sure. It's undeniable." Um, but it, you probably would never want to like get too into it. So this is the song by them.
Who? This is morphine. morphine. It's like it, there's some country in there, like old yeah. school country. You'll hear the voice. Damn, it's a long intro. Yeah, just go ahead and skip. Skip. Yeah, let's that. go into it. I've never heard this before. Yeah, um, and then this one's a little bit more. Um, I'm gonna just go straight for into the middle of a song, just to hear. Let's do. I'll just pick in the middle of this one. This one yeah. might have a heavier. Some of them have more saxophone going on. As you could imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it spans through. Di- God, let me turn this off. Different different genres. It's like uh, yes, that you would like that about it. You, that '90s dude. That's what '90s were about. You know, I don't know if you've given it any any listen, but I know you know the name. Um, who who's like that now is uh, Sturgill Simpson. Oh, I know him just because he has that song "Turtles All the Way Down." Yeah, and I you know what? I'm lying. I've listened to his. Two out of, I believe he has three albums now or four. I I think. I don't know. He's getting ready to put out a new album. I've listened to everything but the newest. I believe he had two albums when I listened and, and, um, he got more like progressive rock as the albums went on. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like it. It's good. It's, it's a different, it's a different type of music. Yeah. I have to get used to the fact that, my big gripe with country music usually isn't the music twang. It's like the vocal affect. It's like, are you singing that way because it's country music? Or are you singing that way because you sing well, that way? Dude, the biggest perpetrator of that is fucking Keith Urban. I don't know enough that about that That motherfucker's kind of Australian and sings with a country accent. See, that is so silly to me, man. It's phony. You it's know what weird. it is? It's, it's exploiting. It's exploiting I, the the fan base. I'm with you. I'm and, with you. My my thing about country music is modern day country music. We'll say pop country. Pop country now, the way I see it, is a genre of music for people who like music but don't really like music. Yeah, like it's a simple. It's a, it's very formulaic and it's just a simple type of music to listen to. Yeah, I think a vocal affect should be used to convey an emotion um more than an identity or at least not a permanent one like it's so bizarre for me for you to do it every song like if you want to have a little fun on one song yeah, and yeah, sound yeah. like somebody else like this is a little bit abstract for the average listener but a band like Ween yeah. every song sounds like it's a different vocalist that band dog fashion disco yeah. I grew up on it's like I don't care if you add affects for the purpose of a song or Definitely to convey different emotions. You get whispery, you get here, you go into different places, but like a, an accent that you're glued to, i that's fucking lame. Oh, I know. Imagine if our friend did that. He just likes talking with an accent. <laughs> I mean, dude, stop it. That's not your accent. Why are you doing that? Dude, the first time the first time I heard Ween, or actually the first Ween album I bought, I think was 
chocolate and cheese dude that's the one yeah that's the one for everyone to check out i first. was i, I was loved that me too that was the first one i was so fucking confused because like you said I, I i and that was like right around the time when uh high-speed internet was really starting to become a thing when i got the album yeah and i had to do so much research to figure out how many fucking singers this band had yeah and there's only like four guys in the band. And there's and the I don't believe anybody but one or two sings. What's it, Dean? Dean Ween. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know for sure, but I believe he does most of the singing. That Ween Ween's hard for me to get into because I don't I don't like really weird music. Yeah. But some of their songs are fucking good. You get why it's up my alley. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You don't know where the fuck it's going to go. Yeah. When a new Ween album comes out, even though they got more tame over the years, it's like you could be four songs into an album and you just don't know yeah. what's going to happen at any moment. Now, I mean, it's not. it doesn't always blow me away. And But I can listen. Their handful of albums, once they got started, like after their first maybe three albums... From then on, I like it all. I can listen to Chocolate and Cheese, The Mollusk, yeah. uh, White Pepper, Quebec. There's like a, they have one more album, I think, that Lock Cockarucha or something. The, those albums I can do straight through, even if I don't love them. The first ones, do, have you ever heard any old ween? No. Because they had a hit in the early 90s or mid 90s. Yeah. Push the little daisies and watch them come up or whatever. It's like a weird mechanical voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And it's about. it's a bizarre. I didn't. Li- I don't like that song that much. It's like when uh, singing kind of goofy, like Dinosaur Junior had a hit around then. Yeah, there it's cool music, but definitely nicer the later ween where a lot of it sounds good what i love about that is they're a band where it's like we could play anything you probably think is impressive like we could play metallica i could sing pretty just like this person because they have songs where he sounds so nice singing Mm -hmm. playing is so amazing but we choose to do this shit See, abstract art in my mind is is strongest when you have the capability to create any art that you want and you choose to create that. It's not like a hack or it's not a um it's not an easy way out. It's not a shortcut. Ooh. It's a choice. So like for let what, me give me an example. I'm trying to okay, understand what you're saying. Let's say you're saying. a painter and the only shit you paint looks like the simplest Picasso stuff ever or maybe Picasso's let's a bad just, example. Let's say let's say landscape. Like you're a landscape painter. Well like, no, but that would be a bad example because a landscape pa- painter has very meticulous detail and good. I'm saying like if you're making abstract music oh, okay. that shows absolutely no technical proficiency to the point where if you were to say, can you guys cover this song by this band? They'd be like, dude, I got to get a lot better to be able to play that. It's something when somebody is good enough to play what we would consider impressive music and decides to put out something that is oh, a bit difficult or okay. grating. I understand what you're saying now. Yes. I get what you're saying. So if I could draw a picture of this room perfectly and it would be no nothing to do like the most detailed painting yeah. ever or mm-hmm. and but then I choose to just do something that is maybe to the eye hard to appreciate, I would take a second and I'm going to give somebody a chance, like an abstract movie. If you've already put out a movie that's like 
straightforward and amazing, mm-hmm. and then you put out something that's a little alternative, I'm going to respect it more than when everything you fucking do makes uh, no sense. So, and- yeah, you 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 want to be able to see that they can do the technical shit and aren't just making goofy sounds for the fuck yes. of it. Mike Patton is a good example, even though I don't love him. Like the singer from Faith No More mm-hmm. and then Mr. Bungle. He's been in a lot of weirder stuff. Tomahawk. He has clearly has an amazing voice. He clearly can sound beautiful, but he likes to explore yeah. into other things. I see what you're saying. He could play with impressive musicians, but sometimes he plays with noise people. A good good musician that's not pigeonholed. Yes, because if you're just pigeonholed to being abstract, I'm like... "Mm." It loses its credibility. I understand what you're saying. And it's like, okay, are you making are you making this music that sounds weird because that's all you can do, or because it's what you want to do? That's what. Yeah, exactly. I get it. If every song of Ween sounded different, but all of it sounded bad, I would not be as into it. Yeah. But because they sound good often, it's like and Damn. you know you know the musicianship is there. Yes, yes. And th- there's a there's a method behind the madness. They're not mm-hmm. just banging on shit. It's a choice. Yeah, yeah. They don't have an, It's not that they don't have other options, and it's not that they couldn't be quote unquote better to the average listener or for by standard like you know general standards. It's like that's to put it in simpler terms. It's like John Mayer. Oh. He chooses to do the uh, like the sappy girly shit, and that made him millions. Yeah, and then he's got that side project, which is like real bluesy and fucking like it shows off how good of a guitar player he actually is. Yeah, people always recommend me to like my one buddy's it's, good at guitar, and he's like, "You should learn a John Mayer song, dude." And I'm like, "What? Check out? I think it's like the John Mayer Trio or something. Check some of that shit. You'd be. Oh, some- I know. He sends me good stuff. Yeah, it's good." And but it's tough. I, fucking, I wouldn't be able to play that right I, away. I love, I absolutely love how John Mayer did that. He's like, you know what? I'm going to write these sappy-ass songs to get my name known. Yep. I'm going to make millions of dollars and bang thousands of chicks. And then once I've made it, then I'm going to do my side project and play the music I want to play. Yeah. It definitely. That That's very empowered. <laughs> It's good. It, it, I I like that. When I when I found out that he could play like that, I was shocked. Yeah, too often people become a slave to the machine and then just stay that way and lose the ability to actually want to create stuff for themselves. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a commercialized product that makes you money, dude. No. Like no. I I have not. A lot of people hate on bands that that had a one hit wonder that that was like butthole surfers. Yeah. A lot of the purists hated on them when they had like a mainstream sounding hit. Dude, that's that's the nature of of fans though. Yeah. Anytime anytime you you start listening to a band and they're like relatively unknown, and then they hit it big with with whether it's one song or a, a fucking whole album that is number one on the charts. Dude, this is a fun fact. You know the band Chumbawamba? Yeah. They actually were like a huge anarchist punk band. Yeah, I knew that. And and it sounds nothing like, because the people who don't know, uh, Tub Thumping, how does that chorus go? God, I'm not just trying to, I know it's an awkward one. Um, it's almost embarrassing to sing, but. Danny boy, that part. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The Take a whiskey or, drink, take a vodka drink. I take a log drink. I take a cider drink. Uh, I think about the things that would remind you of the bad times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, oh, oh no! I get knocked down. Oh yeah, yeah, I get yeah, up yeah. again. Duh, You're duh. never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. But that was like such a huge song, and people hated on them for that. Who were their fans? 
it was, but I'm like, wow, they get to make real money now. It's kind of like, it's kind of cool when a band like that becomes famous. Fans will hate it and they'll call them sellouts and shit, but it's like, it's like, what are you supposed to do? If you're, if you want to be a musician, I get it. You do it for the love of doing it, but your ultimate goal is to make that your living. Like that's what you want to do for your live for to, to provide you income is you want to make music yeah. So why not shoot for the fucking stars? Yeah. But now it's a little bit easier. But back back when like when um record contracts were a big deal, and that's the only way that you could gain exposure, uh, you kind of had to become that cog, right? And and the the record company would step in and be like, okay, I like your shit now, but. This is what's marketable, and this is how you're gonna dress. This is the type of music you're gonna make. Now you can you can get away with it because Sturgill Simpson he won I think last year or the year before he won like album of the year, and he's an indie artist. He's an unsigned artist. That's crazy. He does he record himself? I I don't know Jeez. his exact principle or his exact way of doing it, but fuck man, I've got enough equipment in here right now that I could record a professional sounding recording yeah and i could and with with soundcloud spotify instagram it's so i'm not gonna say it's easy but to market yourself and get yourself out there is a whole lot easier than it was 20 years ago yeah it's i mean that's the thing is how much better can an actual studio make you sound and a lot of times it's like there's an there's a a nature of which, like Dave Grohl records stuff in his garage, mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's a nature of, well, of what... Don't... I know he does he, he records himself in his garage, but he's also probably sunk a million dollars into that studio. Yeah, I believe there is something about it, though, that it creates a sound that gives that album an identity or gives yeah. them a sound. So, like, if you just re- record under the same circumstances, the most perfect circumstances it can lose a little bit of the studio identity too, where it's like people have nice enough in-home studios where you could, like you said, put out something by a famous artist and not only would it sound good, it might have something special about it too. You might capture a sound within a space that's not perfect. Yeah. There's, there's also, there's also some knowledge that goes into it. Like you have to, any average person could set up a drum kit and and record it. And yeah. it's if you don't have just the basic principles of miking, it's not gonna sound as good as it could. Oh, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be passable. And like you said, maybe you fucking discover some awesome sound that makes that kit in that song or that album sound unique and sound awesome. But there's a little bit more that goes into oh, I know, it. I yeah, know. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying if you're no, a high yeah. level if you're a famous band, you know people who know how to record and yeah. can just have you come over. That's and what, well, that's what they do. They just yeah. bring in, um, just bring in fucking engineers. Famous I, engineers. I listen to a lot of bands that have switched from big studios to independent stuff, and you never notice a drop off. In nah. um, I've never noticed anything. Nah. I usually think they sound better. I know that's probably just a coincidence, or it's just a maturity of the band or technology, but it's still not noticeable that they aren't recording in a big studio. Nah. And that shit can be masked. There's so many different emulations now that yeah. that you can record 100% digital but put analog plugins on shit and try and recreate that sound and it comes pretty fucking close to like going through a console. 
Yeah. So um, about that guy, Zach, who the musician and all that and doing the jujitsu. Now that you heard me talk about jujitsu and now that you've like seen a little because you haven't seen much jujitsu, right? No. Nah. Does it make you nervous at all that someone might be able to put you in submissions that you don't realize you need to defend? Yeah. That's that, been that's been a major concern from the beginning. That's the main one is like, what if I don't know what they're trying to do to me and are trying to finish something and I don't even know I'm supposed well, because, to tap? Or... Well, that, I mean, yeah, that's that's a concern. But then again, also, I have zero knowledge, so i i wouldn't I wouldn't know how to defend against anything. Anything I would be trying to do would just be a natural instinct. For me, having watched MMA coming into a jujitsu gym. Unless somebody tried putting me in a gi choke, which it's obvious when you're being choked and can't breathe, yeah, I knew everything anybody could do to me. I, I had wa- not everything, but to the point where it was like nobody was trying to hit me with submissions, and I didn't know they were a submission. I knew what people were trying to do from the beginning, yeah, because I had watched MMA my whole life. Yeah, well, see, I and jujitsu, I watched. I don't even have that basic knowledge. That's what I'm curious because this is an interesting sport to enter without any background knowledge. Yeah. You've never really been an MMA fan, I've, right? I've never been an MMA fan. I've never really watched any, like, the closest thing that I th- think could equate to it that's probably a little bit more mainstream would be, like, Olympic wrestling. Yeah. I've never watched any of that. I've, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never. No I, idea. I have, dude, my my knowledge is <laughs> fucking below minimal. It's a fun sport to see people try to guess because it can go a million different ways. You have no idea the way somebody's going to guess to do jujitsu. Yeah. If they don't know, cause I can't relate to that. I had already known enough by the time I started that I had an idea of what to do. Yeah. I, I have none of that. <laughs> That's funny. It would just be, I'd be going in completely fucking blind if, yeah. we, if we were to do this, this experiment. Dude. So this is funny. October 19th, I think I'm signing up to do a tournament, and that guy that we talked about on the last episode uh-huh. is going to be in my same bracket. It's un- There's not a great chance that we would go against each other because it's a sing- single elimination tournament, and it'll likely be the biggest tournament um, that I would be in because I'd be in like two or three brackets. Yeah. Uh, because it's like the big one. It's like the absolute. Anyone can enter any rank, any weight, I believe. That's the one we would both be signed up for. So it's like it, 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 you lose one match, you're out. There's yes, no advancing. Yes, and if there's like 10 people, you know. Last man standing type deal. Yes. So that's the way. I don't think they do matches for second. I don't think they do anything. I think it's single elimination all the way up. And it's not often that, you know, I wouldn't beat. I probably would only have a 50% chance of winning a match in that division. Yeah. It's the highest level of everybody competing at once. And believe it or not, little guys are the ones that are the hardest for me to deal with. So just when they're that skilled and that quick, it's hard for me to keep up. Yeah. Um, So that's a tough division for me. But there's a chance we're going to go against each other if I do it. And and I know he signed up for it, and I want to do it, and my mom is going to be there. (laughs) If I do it, so wait, where that'll is be it? interesting. It's in Baltimore. Oh, what's she just coming up to visit or something? Yeah, she's coming up to visit. Oh. So it just hap- so happens that there's a tournament that weekend, and it happens to be that he's signed up in a division that I would sign up for. That'd be interesting. So, yeah, it'll be Nogi again, but 
I'm sure he would try a little differently. Oh, the guy you choked. The guy I choked. Oh, not the guy that, not, not the, the other guy. guy. I know, I feel bad. I talked more about that guy than the guy that I choked. <laughs> but I don't know much about the guy I choked. I was just explaining the backstory. That's okay. We've gone when over. I listened back to that the first time, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> Boy, did I say a lot. Ooh, that mouth was running. I know. That mouth just kept going and didn't stop. Yeah, I just have to trust the fact that I don't talk about a lot of people that way. So when I do, it's for at least a good enough reason. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone relates to the way I handle stuff. But the thing that keeps me glued to it is this is not the way you are, like, all the time. Yeah. Maybe certain things about it. Oh, you're, but, you're referring to yourself. Yeah, like, I've had a couple hundred matches. I've never got it into it with anybody or I've ne I've never had to call anybody else out or I've never yeah. it's like this is circumstantial where I do feel pretty strongly about it. Yeah. So um yeah well, I think <laughs> I, I like I just like being able to be a little bit of a gangster sometime. Like what's so bad about like I don't like you, you don't like me. We're not actually gonna no. like beat each other up. No, like let's, dude, let's have some fun, man. That's completely fine. That's completely yeah. it's completely fine. It's completely justifiable. And if his if that dude, if the dude you choked or whoever you were talking about last week, if they get a little offended by it, so what? Yeah. Let it fucking happen. Um, it's, it's not everybody has to hold hands and we don't all have to be friends. Yeah, dude. I, I just like when I feel like, even if it's in the slightest bit, cause it's more of a black and white line for me than a gray area. Yeah. When somebody I think deserves to lose, like I've entered the cage three times for a fight. Nobody did I think deserve to lose. Two guys I thought deserved to lose and they backed out. Like the two times I well, had it in my head that you don't deserve to fucking beat me. I don't like this, this, and this, and you acted this, this, and this way, and well, certain then things. Then your then your intuition was correct at that time. If, yeah. if the the two if one the two in, two instances or one instance, the other you, one he might have legitimately been injured. But I had to contact the promoter and say I heard through the grapevine that this guy has not been showing up to practice. What's the big deal? He goes, no way. He would have told me if he pulled out. Sure as shit, when he messaged the coach and him, they were like, yeah, I have an injury. I can't fight. <laughs> and then I got to go against uh, another guy. So two times I've had people back out, and then I got replacements. One time I had a guy not show up to the weigh-ins. Damn. Boy, did that piss me off. Because <laughs> what, the weigh-ins are the day before? The day before. And he had sent his physical in the day before that. So he had, I mean, he had to go get his physical again because they didn't do it right. Yeah. And he did it. It was the day of, it was the day of weigh-ins jitters. But he was, he was garbage. He was like 0 and 5 and not, had never even had anything go for him well in a fight. Yeah. Had never even like landed a clean shot. Oh, and shit. all of his losses were like easy quick outs. Tapping early, like giving up kind of. Damn. So it would have been bad for him. Probably. I mean, you would you would hope. Yeah, you could. No um, I'll tell you right now, but if he be would have beat me back then, there was a chance. But if we fought now, knowing that the motherfucker no-showed me, <laughs> and if I entered that cage knowing that he really fucking, like, that sucked for him not to go through with that, I would I would be a whole different person yeah. that I've never been out there. The beast would come out. Because I never think my opponents deserve to lose. I just want to try to win. I yeah. just want I want them to lose. Don't get me wrong. But 
I don't think they necessarily deserve it. And it, it just feels normal when you win or lose against somebody like that. But when you really think they deserve to lose, it feels great when you win and it feels awful when you lose. And I like rolling that dice. Yeah. So when I think somebody deserves to lose, it's like I'm the first one to raise my hand. Let me have an attempt. <laughs> Let me step in. I that is like what my dream is, dude. That's why I like fighting as a form of at least holding it over someone's head as a fucking option or a threat yeah. when you think they deserve to be put in their place. <laughs> you can verbally put somebody in their place, which I'm skilled at, and, and you can physically, physically do it, it, which I'm now more skilled at. And I like being able to win that dynamic yeah, when you sense. really feel strongly about it. That makes sense. And when you do it poorly, people usually keep you in check. Or hopefully they're they like they're like, dude, I think you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, or maybe back off a little bit, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Which was a learning process. It took probably more till my mid twenties where I early to mid twenties before I stopped regretting stuff like that or realized that maybe I overreacted. Yeah. So this is a this is a tame version. <laughs> <laughs> this is who, who would have thought who would have thought that after last week's episode, that was the reserved version oh, that's, of Mike. Dude, when I flip <laughs> out and, and like let go of on somebody, I always think to myself, like, this motherfucker thinks I'm hitting the gas pedal so hard, but really, this is still contained. God, you've you've chilled out in your old age. Yeah, it's a contained. It's there, you still feel contained. You're looking for the way to to tame it a little and ease it, as opposed to just being fully let go. God, do you just if this is if this is you dialed back and, and you a little bit more reserved than in your early 20s do you just feel like fucking bottled up no no because i i always let it out i mean it's contained as far as i know this is the way it's contained it's enough it's as much as i think the person deserves right mm -hmm. but not everybody deserves like all of it all of it so it's it's more finding an appropriate level amount. for that person if it's, they it's up case the annie, specific <laughs> if, if they up the annie and they tell me to go all in and they really cross that line, then they're they're going to see that I can up it more, <laughs> that that I can take it as far as they're willing to take it. I think I have that amount of energy. Okay. I, nobody's going to outdo that. They might beat me, but nobody's going to outdo the energy I bring to the table. Yeah, that's what I think. Okay, I, I don't know. But no, it doesn't, I don't feel bottled up. I mean, I might imagine stuff like driving. It might like be in my head throughout the day occasionally. It doesn't keep me up at night. I'm never a grouch to be around. Like if I have tension yeah. with somebody, if I'm hanging out with my girlfriend or I'm at the gym, nobody would ever know. Yeah. I never let it out on other people, but I do imagine saving it for that person. And it's in the back. It's in, it's in there. So always that little nugget. Hanging. And when I let it go, I do, when I, when I, get to have that opportunity, I do feel a little weight off my shoulders, yeah. but that weight doesn't necessarily hold you down or hold you back. No, it's just, you're preparing for something. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Just get you prepared. You know, <laughs> I have to go to a wedding today in ocean city. You like mm -hmm. weddings, right? Yeah. I do like weddings. I like getting dressed up. It makes me nervous to go to a wedding. Why? For a lot of reasons. You don't know who you're going to be sitting around. So like I'm going by myself well, do you know anybody that's going to be there? Oh, yeah. But, like, they might have assigned seating for the dinner, right? No, they're definitely going to. Right. So they have assigned seating, 
well, I don't know how they're going to arrange shit. I don't know who they're going to put me with. Well, you you don't you're going by yourself, right? By myself. Yeah, so you're probably going to be sitting at a table with a bunch of people who are by themselves. Okay. If I went with Josie, it would be easier because I always feel like, you know, even if Well, there's it, that safety net. If yeah. there's nobody there, you know, then you well, you don't have a problem talking to people. I you think that, dude. It doesn't I know I don't, but that doesn't mean it doesn't make me anxious yeah. sometimes. I mean, I'm not I'm not full-on comfortable talker person, especially when it comes to breaking the ice. I'm not that's, an icebreaker. That's how I am. I yeah. do well in situa- in social situations, but like you just said, it doesn't mean I like them. It embarrasses me almost when people are constantly trying to bring new people into conversations and like when we're out and they're like they they talk to everybody in a really personal manner yeah. or like uh I don't know, even if it's just like a waiter or a waitress where you, they expect it. You know what I fucking hate? Um, talking about bringing new people into conversations and stuff when now it's not a, a big deal because I know all of like my girlfriend's friends and their husbands and boyfriends and shit. But when you first start dating that person and then you go and hang out with their friends yeah, and maybe one of them knows a little bit about you, like her one friend's husband plays music. So he, he, he would like not to say this is just an example not to say that this actually happened but say him and all his friends are in a circle talking and be like oh yeah steve steve records and mixes and stuff and then there's just that one like minute of conversation that you can actually participate in and then after that you're just standing there and you're just lost and they're back Uh to having like their friends com- friend conversation and talking about the shit that they know about and the people that did this last weekend and you're just there with your fucking hands in your pockets. I know, dude. I hate that shit. I never know even where to look. Like, do I even watch the conversation? Yeah. Do I act like I'm interested yeah. in that? Should I just look to the side, stare at the TV? Should I even be there? I am i don't understand. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't want to be like the, like, no, I I don't want to involve myself. I don't want to interact with it because it's not my mm-hmm. place. If it's easy to follow and they're they're making eye contact and pulling me in, I'll pay attention. But yeah, I don't like that stuff. I hate those. I, I hate those situations. It's unnecessary for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's just I I fucking hate small talk. Me too. I hate small talk. I can do it, but I hate it. It it definitely makes me more uncomfortable than normal talk. Like, like when we at, when there's normal conversation and just the ideas are bouncing in my head and we're like interacting and getting somewhere and it's like thick, heavy conversation. But when it's like, I would say that small talk is, is it's like, um, single sentences as far as like, you're not fleshing together much stuff. So you're never really in the thick of it. You're always waiting for it to start or end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's that level of like, I don't know what to do. All right. So anyway, back to your wedding. The wedding, and this is another thing that makes me a little uh, anxious, is the, it's like dressing for a wedding. It's like I had been to weddings where people would wear whatever the fuck. I haven't been to many weddings, right? Yeah. So like I've been at so many weddings where people in the audience just have any sort of button-up shirt and that's enough. Like even if they have like nicer looking jeans, it's enough. I've been yeah. to plenty of weddings where that's normal. Yeah, you don't want to wear jeans to a wedding. Well, dude, I don't know any of this shit. <laughs> well, we were talking about it yesterday. Good rule of thumb is wedding equals suit. 
I hear you, but then if you wear a suit to the wrong wedding, you're the guy in a suit. You're never. I guess gonna, you can take your jacket off. You're never gonna wear a suit to a wrong wedding. You could always take I your went tie to, off if not my, many people wear ties. My buddy got married two years ago, maybe, and him and his now wife are both farmers. Mm-hmm. They got married on top of a hill on their farm. Okay, it was outside. Under a tent, that kind of stuff. People were still wearing suits. Everybody? Not everybody, okay. but a good a good percentage of people were still wearing suits. Okay. Have you all right. So this is a beach wedding. Well, I did message the guy. He told me khakis in and like a dress shirt. Yeah. Beach wedding, more casual. You're okay with khakis and a dress shirt. Yeah, the well, the one I went to, it was okay to wear like a lot of people wore khaki shorts. And like, you know, you would leave the top button unbuttoned, no undershirt even. Like, that was the type of wedding I went to uh, at the Dominican Republic. That was a beach wedding. Beach wedding. Beach weddings are a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, we wore flip-flops. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not wearing flip-flops for this. Please don't. (laughs) I'm not. Well, it's fucking chilly today. That's true. Yeah, I have a pair of khakis and I got this like... Khakis. Shirt. This like light colored. Button down. But I had Josie to help me out. Yeah. She helped me pick out what I wore. She pretty much pointed and said that, and then I picked the size. Dude, one, tried of, it on. one of Megan's favorite things is if we have an event coming up, is me saying, I need you to help me find something to wear. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's go to the fucking store. I'm like, oh, no, maybe, maybe just shit we have in the closet. She's <laughs> like, no, it's okay. I'll buy it. I got it. I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want to do this. And she, like, jumps at the fucking chance. Yeah, Josie was into it. She was, well, she's away. Uh, she left early this morning to go to Florida. But she was like, ah, you're getting all dressed up. You look so good, you know, and you're going to go. I'm like, ah, what the hell? <laughs> but she was like, really? And she's like, I should take a picture of it. I should take a picture and send it to your mom. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> of me standing in my family room with nice clothes that yeah. I'm not even wearing for anything but this picture. Dude, moms love that shit. Uh, well, I mean, I know. Especially if you don't do it that often. Like, I don't get dressed up that often. Yeah. But I I do like looking nice every once in a while. You can just imagine what I would look like in a suit. (laughs) I'm the same person. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm weird about dressing and wedding. We've talked about this a bunch at work, right? Like, this is something that I've brought up multiple times. Dressing and wedding, right? When I, you went to your wedding, I asked you what you wore, and I was interested, and, and I asked you about wearing suits. You probably don't remember. No, and I then don't. when I went to the one wedding, I was like, I was so underdressed. We talked about that at one point. When I went to like, or this one was coming up, I've mentioned a couple times in the this past few yesterday. weeks. This was yesterday. But I've mentioned it more than just yesterday about dressing for a wedding. Oh. I, I don't remember that. Well, I, don't, I, 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 I don't recall that. But... um. Yeah, it's not a big deal. But, oh, shoot, what was I going to say about... Oh, I the other day, we were talking about weddings or something. Oh, and then uh, uh, Josie mentioned that, like, what if... Uh, or no, if that I bet you that I have... Because I have so many friends, you would need a huge wedding. Like, how big of a wedding would I need? Yeah. And I was like, to be honest, this is the only thing I care about. Like, I have... I have two things. Number one, 
I cannot have an odd number of groomsmen and best men. Like it needs to fit everybody that like falls into the similar category of friends. So if it's two people, three people, and I can figure out how to like make that work in my head, Mm -hmm. I can do it. But it would be really uncomfortable to have like, be like, well, I don't know who should be my fourth like groomsmen. I have no idea. There's two people. I would love to just be able to say, well, you pick an extra bridesmaid. Yeah. Or, or, and then I pick an extra groomsman and we have one extra just to make nobody be left out in like the pecking order yeah, of yeah, people. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. That that makes me a little like I think about that. I'd be like, I don't know who would be my number one and then my next three or my number one and my next four. Like it's hard for me to imagine. Yeah. But um I would make that work. The other one is I would wanna put on the thing, I would love if people just wore whatever they wanted or were comfortable with. I don't want, I'm going to dress up. I want to look nice for my way. I want to wear a tux. Yeah. I want to be as, as good looking as I can in that day. But why impose that on anybody else? I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> it, 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 they're there to watch a movie. No, dude, I get it. Wear especially, whatever you want. Especially because the amount of time that the dressing up is really needed is for the fucking ceremony. And you know, like a third of the audience, or at least a quarter of the audience, had to go out and buy stuff. Yep. I buy stuff pretty much for every single thing I yeah. go to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I have my one suit, so that if I don't split the fucking pants in, in that, then I'm good. Yeah, and I don't have to buy anything. Yeah, I do have a suit. Do you think I should? I should. I don't need to wear a blazer, do I? Nah, I think you'll be all right. Just a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. No jacket. I mean, if you have a jacket, I don't think it would hurt. You're not going to be overdressed. I know that. I guarantee you, there, there's going to be. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm. I, I'm not saying I've never been overdressed, but that's for like. It. You're right. It's very hard to overdress for like a wedding or a funeral. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, but but I like to teeter the other line. I'd rather know what's in the safe zone, but but not overly dressed up. Like, do I need to wear a tie? Do I need to tuck in my shirt? Yes. Tuck in your shirt. Even if you're not wearing... But that's some beach casual weddings people don't tuck in their shirts. You can pull it off if it has, like, a nice look, no? If the fucking groomsmen are ah. wearing, like, Hawaiian t-shirts, then yeah. Oh, jeez. Dude, All right. tuck in your shirt. <laughs> This is the kind of bullshit that I want to put on my <laughs> wedding invitation. I don't care if you tuck in your shirt. I don't care if you wear a tie. Well, see, you can wear the nicest here, suit you have or not. Here's what here's what frustrates me about weddings is the the dress code is and it's it's what we're talking about right now is so open to interpretation and there's so many unwritten fucking rules. It's like yes. like you were saying just put it Put it in writing what you want. Yes. Where, like, put, like, women in dresses, men, suits, or pants, shirt, tie, jacket. How fucking easy would that be? Instead, like, you like you don't know that you need to tuck your shirt in, but that's what you do. You tuck your shirt in. Like, that shit, it, it shouldn't be so unwritten and so fucking, like, tra- not even tradition, but it, it just needs to be more fucking cut and dry. Yeah. Like, casual... Or not. And if you want people to dress a certain way, be fucking specific about it. Dude, I really think that they should say options that work. Like like you could put you could put suit, 
you could put cat, you could do like multiple options and you pick anything from that or just say wear whatever or tell everybody to wear a suit, whatever it is. But I think it should be on the invitation. No, what you expect. Definitely. The only time that a dress code has ever been on an invitation, I guess, that I've seen was the last wedding I went to and it was black tie optional. Black tie optional. Which means you can wear a tuxedo if you want. Otherwise, wear a suit. So black tie optional is including the option of wearing a tuxedo or is it including the option of wearing regular suits? Because it's saying optional. It's you can wear a tuxedo if you want. But usually you don't wear a tuxedo because the the guy getting married is? not Yeah, not at a wedding. So you would never wear a tuxedo for a wedding? Unless it says black tie. What makes a tuxedo a tux? I think it's the way it's cut. So it's just you can't wear the certain kind of cut suit? You got to wear a different cut suit? Well, I mean, you can look at a tuxedo and be like, oh, that's a tuxedo because it's obviously different from a regular suit. Is it the way the the lapel like the collar? I don't know, maybe. Huh. Like I'm I'm in a wedding next weekend. It's the jacket that implies that it's a tux suit. I think so. Right? And the and the pants maybe too. Damn. I think tux pants have a stripe down the down the side. <laughs> your mind this, this is speechless. so fucking lame. Holy this shit. This is just the lamest, man. This is the who cares? <laughs> A stripe down the side, that's, oh, don't wear that. Oh, not to a wedding, not unless they say it's optional. I'm I want also, Adidas stripes. Dude, I'm also speaking completely out of my ass. This is okay. just shit that I've, like, put that's together. That's how this podcast works. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if that's what qualifies a tux or not. So. We're generally, usually very right, but we are not often specifically for <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're not We're not for sure. We're just probably right and when we talk about things. And we're never completely wrong. Yeah, it's somewhere, It's we, we're close enough. We, we tiptoe that line. If you don't have a clue, you're better off sticking with what we say, <laughs> but if you like know better than us, you probably do. <laughs> like, don't worry, you're right, we're wrong. If you know, you know, we just think. We we're just we're just whatever's coming out is what we think. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> if you know, if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we that's that's a great what you just said is a great line. If you know, you know, we just think. Yeah. We I usually don't know that I know, but when I do, dude, when you know for sure and somebody stands up to what you say and you get to be like, no, dude, it's not up for debate. Oh my God. Google it. I had, I had, so going back to that, it's not that, not that big of a deal, but, um, Megan called me and she said something about like these specific type of seltzers, like the hard seltzers. You told me this was a big deal. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> and and she's like, she's like, ah, this Bon Viv or whatever. I'm like, yeah, those are the ones my mom gets. And she goes, no, it's not. Those are that, that, that's not the ones your mom gets. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and I just, dude, I just sat on it and I didn't say anything. I just let it go. And then, like two fucking weeks later, she like something popped up. She was searching, and she goes. Oh yeah, 
those are the ones your mom gets. Mm-hmm. And and I just I just looked at her and I just went, I know. See, that's a skill. You're good at that. That's was smart to not let her know before. And, and she goes, no, no, no. She, I looked over at her and she goes, you knew that, didn't you? I went, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that is the smart move. I try to be more like that. And oh, there are dude, trust I let me. People that, find out, but that that rarely happens, especially between her and I. Usually you just tell her, like, yeah. no, call her up. I'll call my fucking mom right now. <laughs> she can read the label for you. We can or, solve this. Or, really or I'll pull you. Like, I'm fucking Googling this, and I'm gonna we're yes. going to figure this out one way or another, but I'm positive I'm right. And then when they keep talking after that and trying to def- – and it's like, no, 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 no. We're finding out. Like, yeah. No, no, no. We're not, we're not having a conversation about it. We're finding the answer <laughs> right now. This is something. No. This, well, I remember it was yeah. like, all right, well, I was seven, and then it was like, so it would have been like 93 or not. No, dude. I'm looking it up yeah. right now. This it came out like this. This isn't up for debate. Yes. We're fucking settling it's easy this. to figure out. Yeah. And that's, it's like, I got a fucking computer in my pocket that has all the information in the world. Instead of us talking about it for 20 minutes, we're going to find out in 45 fucking seconds. And people are scared of the truth. People are so scared sometimes to find out what the actual Speci- answer is. Especially when there, there's so much conviction behind oh, yeah. it. Dude, I, it happens to me. I'll be so steadfast about something like, nope, this is fucking it. Nobody else can tell me otherwise. And then once you find out it's not, it's like the biggest blow to your yeah. pride. Like your tail just whoop, goes right between your legs and you're just like, fuck, I guess you were right. Yeah, you just got to be honest about your track. I was like, no, I have a pretty good track record of usually being right. I'm wrong this time. It's okay. I'm usually right when I think I'm right, though. Usually when we throw down the gauntlet, I have a good batting percentage. And you just got to be happy that you win more than you lose. Yeah, yeah. Because it's two people who feel extremely convicted. They have a reason for being for standing up for it. You have a reason for it, you know. And as long as you have a decent winning percentage, you're probably on the side of things that, you know, is a little bit more realistic or a good view. Yeah. So you can't, you can't win them all. I, I lose a lot of those times. Just the fact that people like rubbing it in when I lose, they're like, oh, so you don't know everything. It's like, yeah, duh. Yeah. And it's like, and the fact that you think that is not a knock on me. It's good that I rarely am wrong yeah. when we do this. That's that's a compliment. Thank you. I'm glad you think that I'm never wrong. And now I am. That's imp- I appreciate they hold, that. They hold a high, high opinion of you. I've actually lost this battle more times than you think. <laughs> I've been wrong a lot. But that's why it becomes more foolproof is you, anytime you were wrong, you're now right. You're on the right side of it. Yeah. Dude, I swear you could prove somebody wrong for sure. And then the next day they'll go back to the wrong shit. They'd rather do it the way they had it in their head. Oh yeah. That's how crazy people are with truth. They don't give a fuck. It's their own truth. Whatever they think. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, uh. Not beliefs, whatever, whatever I was gonna say is fucking stupid. What I'm just gonna drop. But where did they do that study? Yeah, well, how many people were involved? And it's oh yeah, you don't even know shit about studies. What website you get that from? Yeah, oh, bro, you can't trust. (laughs) Wikipedia is not real. Can't trust that. Uh, That just gets on my nerves. Sometimes they're right. Like, there's a reason to be skeptical. But like, when it's something, and when people talk shit on Wikipedia. I'm not saying Wikipedia is always right. And you do find time shit's wrong on there. Come on. That is like as 
That is as reliable as a website probably gets as far as if you're looking for Google results. And considering it's always one of the first searches yes. to pop up. If you were going to Google and like look at a reliable source, Wikipedia is probably as high percentage as any sort of like result. Wikipedia is legit. We live in an interesting day and age of knowledge. Dude, fuck yeah. I was talking to somebody about it uh, sort of along these lines. I was talking about how um, she's like a teacher or something. And I was like, it's crazy. I, I, doing a book report now would be so fucking easy. You yeah. can look up everything at your desk. I remember like checking out encyclopedias and science, shit. dude. You can Google questions. You can find answers to yeah. any question. Your homework, history. You could just solve it on the internet. That's a fun way to learn. I think. I think if I were to be a high school student now, I'd be a much better student. Yeah, because a lot less work has to go into finding out information. Yeah, dude. I, I'm. I'm 100. percent on that on that page i think that using the internet to learn is probably one of the things that defines who i am to a degree i'm i'm the same way yeah. i'm looking up more informational shit now it might not be like relevant information but it's about stuff i want to learn about i'm probably yeah. doing that more than like surfing on instagram or something so it's like, you know, when it's like, does anyone know, a, is anyone here a doctor? It's like, has anyone ever looked this up online? Yeah, I have a bunch. I know I'm right on this one. <laughs> Checked like eight different sites, like seven out of eight. We're right <laughs> online with this. It's good to go. She should just eat some ashwagandha. Oh, it's an adaptogen. That's what they say. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's very good for that. It's uh, it's like, people, there's all sorts of stuff I learn. I learn, like when, you, when we were talking about how I would get like warts on my hand when I was like, uh, maybe, I haven't had any in forever, thank God. But uh, it's been like a handful of years. Um, but I know all of the ways that they recommend to do it. And I've read a million oh, fucking removal? websites. Yes. I'm like the person that if I've ever duck, dealt with a problem. Duct tape, apple cider I, vinegar. I know it all. Yeah. I know why they work. I know what works, you know, whether it's the super glue, whether it's like using a pumice stone and then putting stuff on it, the acid shit they do, the freeze off stuff. Um, you know, there's Manuka honey. There's all sorts of stuff you can put on it. Castor oil. I yeah. just know garlic, onions. Yeah. I know the right way to do all of those techniques. Earaches. I know pretty much everyone. I, you know, but every time I get it, I learn more. Yeah. Or somebody else has it and I have to look it up. Because that's just the way that's just the way it works. More people should do that. I think so. More people should be quick to learn online. Yeah. I fucking replaced the alternator in my car from just watching one YouTube video. Yep. Every time I have to change brakes on a new vehicle. Instead of just guessing, which is what I used to have done, yeah. where I'd be like, well, I know there's going to be this. I know I'm going to have to C-clamp the caliber back. I know the, the general things, but I don't know the setup of this. I watch a video. Dude, I it took me longer to to, to jack my car off and take my tire <laughs> off. Jack it all. Uh, yeah, jack, jack my car <laughs> up. And that, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, dude, it took forever. Fucking thing um, wouldn't get hard. But it took me longer to to get my tire off than it did to change the brakes. Yeah. Oh, brakes are easy. I I did the same thing. There's no reason not to. Yeah. If, if you have like the tools, if if you have the tools to accomplish it, there's yes. no reason not to do. I mean, aside from like swapping out your engine or doing dumb shit, like crazy extensive stuff like that. Yeah. 
there's no reason not to. If you have access to a floor jack and some fucking sockets, you should change your own brakes. And it's not that's not like a manly masculine yeah. thing to say. It's it's like no. If you now, can take off a tire, you can change your yeah. brakes. And it's like it's like now in the day and age we live in with all the information that is so accessible to you, just do it. Yeah, well what I used to do wrong and the, what the video explained that I saw like two times ago or three times ago doing it was and maybe I knew this at Pushing some point but I forgot. Well, I knew cylinder. how to do that. But when you take off the uh like when you take off the bolt to get the rotors um not the rotors, the uh Whatever the pads go in, that piece up top. Caliper? Yeah, to, to get the caliper up, you don't need to take it off. I used to take my caliper off. No, dude. You just take the one just, up and you slide. Yeah, they just slide in and out. Well, I mean, I mean, like you can, there's the two bolts on the ca- on the uh, caliper. You take one out and you rotate it up to access the pads as opposed to taking both off and lifting the yeah. caliper to look at it. And, and then you have to line it back up. You have to, so it was like, unless you're going to change the rotor, you don't need to take the caliper off, but I never knew that. Oh. I used to always just take them both off and then have it in my hand and try and line them back on with the new pads. And uh, yeah, it would be it would definitely be harder. It was harder to get the uh, whatever the th- the I guess it's the master cylinder. I think, I think that's whatever what it's you called. C clamp in. Yeah, and you had to push back in to slide the new pads. Yeah, in. like even like if you had to change your ra- radiator or your. There's a lot of things that usually that's not the hardest thing to do on a car. Yeah, and a lot of the times for me doing stuff like that is just like the thirst for knowledge and wanting to learn how to do that. And just because as a kid, I was all my desk drawer was like filled with taking apart electronics. Yeah, because I'd take them apart just because I wanted to see what the fuck was inside. But yeah, definitely. Now, now it's a combination of wanting to see how it works and wanting to learn something new and wanting to do something like that and saving money. <laughs> yeah. It's a financial decision. It's like, usually for me, it'd be more financial. Yeah. It, of course, with something like brakes, it's like, it saves you a hundred bucks. Easy. It, dude. I, when I replaced my alternator, that, that would have been a couple hundred dollar fix to yeah. take it to a shop and have to pay for the labor. The markup on labor at a fucking garage is insane. What did it take you? 30 minutes? Well, No. It took, took it took me like two days because I kept uh, it, it, my car's a Volkswagen, so it has like special bolts and bolt uh, heads and you. shit. So I had to find that, and then I got the wrong one a couple of times. And but actual labor, if you have every tool you need and everything like that, right off the bat, oh dude, if it's if, quick, yeah, if, an alternator's quick, yeah. Four hours, maybe. Yeah, what do you got to put like a belt around it or something? Yeah, and then, there, there, you can be an easy. F- uh, change on some cars now. Now knowing how to do it, yeah, I could probably do it in four hours. Okay, so it's a little more extensive on your car car than the yeah, average and car. it's it's tight. It's a that's tight space. the problem. So like, I had to yeah. I had to drop out my AC compressor yeah because there's just it's a it's a car. It's not like an SUV with a big engine bay and a bunch of room to move around. So they they were like you can you can loosen the motor mounts and get some wiggle room there. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, the fucking AC compressor's right there. I'll just drop that bitch down and save. I don't want to fuck with the motor mounts. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's fun to learn that kind of stuff and go through it. But that's even tougher than the average vehicle, I'm sure. And, like, the the pride that comes along with doing something like that. Just like, oh, shit, I just did this. Yeah. I, I feel very good after projects like that. 
I feel very good after any project. Like all the all the sound absorption in this room, I built all these panels and shit. Yeah. No, it's definitely not. You definitely take pride in stuff like that. And the easiest thing is this. Like, you may not be able to do it, but watching a YouTube video is going to let you know as what, to whether or not it's in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. If you watch a video and read a step-by-step thing online, you're like, I know whether or not, 99% sure whether or not I can do this. Mm-hmm. If you if you look into it for even any amount of time. If yeah. you spend 20 minutes looking playing on your phone, you'll know whether or not you can do something yeah. on your own. Yeah, you get an, an idea in a sense. Yeah. That's why I like cooking. Yeah. Cooking fall for me falls under that category. Learning learning the process of doing something new. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just like doing that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's something that always it's always nice to challenge yourself with thing I mean, clearly I love learning new stuff. So it's definitely good to constantly be improving and and learning and every time you go online and read something about cooking, you come away with something new. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. It's how I know my strength and conditioning stuff. Yeah. Every time. It's like, even though I know how to treat someone with sciatica, every time I hit the internet and I'm watching a new video or I'm watching an old video that I remember helped me or I read something, there is a detail I come away with that I either missed or forgot or whatever. And I'm better for having read it. Yeah. So like when I, I'm online, I constantly do strength and conditioning d- stuff. I'll, I will say this. You are impressive with that. With that stuff? Yeah, with especially with your strength and conditioning stuff, how much you know. Like if you're if you if someone says like, "Oh, my back hurts when I'm doing this exercise." You can be like, "Well, it's probably because of this and then this is happening because you're doing that and then like your ankles twisted in too far and you got to straighten your knee out and you just like link all these things step by step." The 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 knowledge that you have for that is yeah. is impressive. That's you're, definitely the thing I've taken the furthest. Yeah. It's not like a lot of trainers out there who just no they don't know they can they've heard why something's hurting and then they just tell you how to correct it without actually knowing why yeah or what to to link all the things together to come back to this one result yeah it's definitely it takes time and I have the fortune of a lot of experience now yeah because I've been doing it my whole adult life. Yeah. And I have a serious tenure now with it and a wide well, variety of people. It's the uh, 10, 10,000 hours thing. And I've all, and it's been like something that stuck with me. Like since I was 17, I've, I've done strength and conditioning on my own competitively for fun, for weight loss, for everything for the entire time. I have not stopped trying to improve. Yeah. And I've gone down a bunch of different paths with it. And then every time I want to do something new, I need to learn more about it. Every time I want to help somebody in a different way. I also take on a lot of responsibility personally and kind of ethically when I'm training them. Yeah. That makes not sense. You kind of have is to. That way. Yeah. Not everyone is that way though. Because you could fuck somebody up. They almost feel like the client is like an annoyance to them sometimes or like, it's it's not as much of a they don't take as much of a sense of accountability. Yeah. Um yeah, we're probably getting pretty close to yeah, the end of this one, but another seventy five minutes. Yeah. Um it's nice to have just a normal episode. Yeah. That's it this one wasn't like overly funny or nuts. There was nothing crazy. No. It was it, just talking. 
Yeah, that's nice. We had the we had the two guest episodes, but the last two we technically recorded the mm-hmm. one that was the <laughs> the stuff where we break down the fight stuff. Yeah. The other one, um, it was intense. <laughs> was the DMT talk? So it's nice just to get a normal episode yeah. out there. Every the the small amount of people that listen plus us, I think, needed a break. They were like, "What <laughs> in the hell is happening to this podcast? These guys. This is this is the the cool down period. Yeah, don't worry, we'll have a porn star on soon. <laughs> we'll sure, get, something. Will we'll get right back into it, dude. Yeah. I'm excited to talk talk to that guy. Yes, I I when when we initially uh, brought it up, and then once it once. I found out that like you were saying that he was excited to come on and like wanted to do it. Then I started getting excited because that's a for as accessible and as prevalent as porn is. How often do you meet someone who does it? I, it's so crazy to think about it like that, but it's true. Do do you know anybody from our school or anybody that got into porn? No. I know more. I know sh- like, there's like a handful of chicks who became strippers. Yeah, but not strippers because I do. I know probably like three or four. Yeah, but porn's different. Is different. I don't it's a know whole anybody. different level. I there's nobody that you could point to on a screen, to my knowledge, that I would know in any way. Mm-mm. But here's this guy. Yeah, it's wild. It makes life more complete. You're more in tune with with life <laughs> when you have a connection into it's... something so prevalent yeah and i it's it's cool because i know what it's like to be that role in people's lives like i am oftentimes the only comedian my friends know the only mma fighter my friends know and but it's cool to be the only one like i made the joke to him and i think i might even said it on on one episode it's like it's like as cool as you think it is that you get to come to this gym and hang out with real fighters and like all this like legit shit that you think is cool we think it's awesome (laughs) that we have a porn star here like one day we were sitting around talking and we're just shooting the shit and everybody's talking and the second he starts talking and it's about like work or something shut up everybody shuts up and looks yeah it's like you could hear a pin drop between this between the words and and all our eyes are on him and it's the only person in the room and meanwhile he's this brand new white belt but when that guy talks everyone's listen yes (laughs) it's it's not fascinating i thought about that yesterday because Fridays are days where we're we're pretty separated and isolated, and I spend a lot of time thinking, and that thought popped into my head. It's like, for how how accessible it is, and how ev- like porn's everywhere now. Yeah. So in in one way or another, it's everywhere, but you don't know anybody that does it. And to have no. to have even for for me right now, it's just secondhand through you. But to have that connection to that world is is. It, it it fascinates me. Yeah, dude. And there's a stigma about it that makes him an outlier. But it's fascinating when you get to meet people like that, that not only is that stigma usually gone, it like it's almost like the person who's racist who's never really met a black person yeah, and yeah. like and and had a strong connection with them. Yeah. You know? It it reminds me of that. And the same thing I find happens. And it's like we had the episode with with the psychedelic stuff. It's like I am worried oftentimes when people find that out or or I I tell somebody that. But it's crazy how like 99.9% of people 
like hear it and they're like now they have a different view of it because it's you well like it's it there's there's that that low that that close connection to it now and it's almost like you help to break down the stigma yeah more times than often they're not going to think differently of me they're going to think differently of that thing that they had a stigma about like Mm -hmm. i'm not going to think differently that differently of kevin uh you know finding out he does what he does i could say his first name are you sure? It doesn't matter. It's just, it doesn't matter. He doesn't care, but I, I, I'm sure it'll come out in the show. But uh, God, if I have to call him Don the whole time he's here, Mr. Baltimore. <laughs> Mr. Baltimore? Um, I'm calling him Mr. Baltimore, dude. Yeah. When he comes in, I'm like, what's up, pimp? And I make sure I tell him that. I'm like, don't worry. I call everybody pimp, not just you. What up, player? I say I call everybody pimp. Dude, I, I, all, all I know is I'm excited for that conversation. It's, it's, yeah. I, I'm, I can't wait. I hope you it know, happens. I hope it's sooner, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Here's a way to think of like that, that comparison. And, and I've thought about this before. It's like, if you find something out about somebody, you know, that, that isn't distinctly damning. Like they're not like, dude, I, I secretly have a thing for little kids or like something where there's, if it's something that you just have like a stereotypical prejudice on, like I think all potheads are dumb and, yeah. and non-productive. But when you meet that person who's really productive and they open up and they're like, look, dude, I smoke pot and it does this, this, and this, it takes a very small minded person to judge the person that mm-hmm. they've already known yeah. and they see the body of work. And most people will then change their view on their other view on the substance or the thing they're talking about or understand an exception to the rule in their head. And you hear that it is usually the case with racism. Yeah. Even if they stay a hold of that racism, once they meet that person that they like, they will defend that person. Yeah. It, Maybe they'll say, oh, they're not like every black guy yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. still will be glued to some aspect of racism usually, but it lightens their stance. It's uh, that what you were just explaining is very is a very old school way of thinking. People and people who, let's say, like the example you're using, people who are racist and then meet a black person that they like. But yeah. then let's just say it doesn't change their views. Like that's a very old, right. old school way of thinking. I think now times times are changing and people are becoming more accepting of stuff even after they've become set in their ways. Right. Like old school, old school Dundalk. Yeah. Those those people don't fucking think that way. It's it's it, it's like I'm, with um like wh- go ahead uh, in terms of meeting one black person isn't going to change their mind. Right. Like those, those old school bigots, that shit doesn't happen for them. Well, and it's also like with, with our day and age, it's like people can think what they want of certain things. But like, for instance, like acid, which is this thing that I'm even like, dude, you probably shouldn't do it. It's scary. You know, it's not literally scary, but it's dangerous. It's risky. It's ruined lives. You should be very, very cautious of going down that path and continually going down that path. Um, but someone like Steve Jobs comes out publicly and says that he thinks that that he thanks acid for creating Apple. everything pretty much with with Apple. Yeah. He he thinks that or he gives credit to acid for that. And so many people do. And it's like everyone remembers when Doc Gooden pitched a no hitter on the shit. Yeah. And like you hear crazy examples or people eat mushrooms and it cures their stutter. They no longer or bite their, their fingernails. Or their fucking like, I know, two seizures people and stuff. Yeah. I watched it, yep. 
I watched something on, I think it might have been Vice about that. I know a very professional person who you, who you would probably, he's a, definitely aware of the stigma with that stuff. Ask me about mushrooms because his daughter has seizures. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything more specific about him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's A, an unexpected person. B, it's a very unexpected like um, role, like their their job is mm-hmm. of a very high nature and they're a very high moral standard and all this, but they just, it's too extraordinary and the evidence is too there that even somebody like that who would have a much more rigid stance three generations, two generations mm-hmm. ago, one generation ago. But in the day and age of modern times, people are very open to the idea of not being so glued to their own stance and mm-hmm. more open to what is actually the truth. Like yeah. things they don't know about, they just don't know about. I, I, I think, and I think that comes from what we were talking about now. It's just the, the, the accessibility of information. Right. And the, sh- and especially now with like psychedelics and stuff, the research that has come out for it and the yes. availability to see that research it, not just psychedelics, but with anything now. You can research right. anything, and you just don't have to rely off of what you've been told. And you for... know what changed that more than anything? Podcasts. Because people can have conversations like this about yeah. any topic they want and expose a lot of stuff. Podcasts are the reason that people commonly think that Egyptology is wrong and the Sphinx predates it because there are all these guys who are not involved with academia who actually know that the carbon dating on this is different than that. And similarly with psychedelics, it's like they know that there's been all of these things and all of these studies, all of these people positively affected, and it's not something they're going to give you in school. It's not something they're going to put on Channel 11 News very often, even though you do see Mm -hmm. more of that stuff now. in it gives that kind of stuff an outlet for like more stuff based in truth and less stuff based in, well, this is the way it's written in the book. So we're not changing this shit. Yeah. That's a power. Anytime you change Mm -hmm. information in academia. Now there are some people glued to that, but most of the time people just don't know. And they're like, well, I never learned. I never studied that. I don't know this. This is just what I was told in school. And, and now you get what... to listen to professionals who are passionate about it. Mm-hmm. It's not just their job. It's their like mission in life to yeah. spread this information. And they're on podcasts all over. And then you can look into them. Usually you go on a YouTube video and if you see that it has 200 likes, I mean, 200,000 likes and less than a thousand dislikes, you're like, that's more than a 200 to one ratio of people supporting this. It's probably pretty right. Yeah. People already fact check. And then once one person exposes somebody as being wrong, the, the likes and, and dislikes go a long way. Mm-hmm. Strength and conditioning videos and like stuff can be the same thing. If you're looking at a video that's supposed to be for sciatica and it has overwhelmingly positive results, reviews, that's enough of a reason to say it probably works is, sometimes. It's probably a good way to go about yeah. it. Yeah. So when you have an expert on a, on a podcast talking about aliens and he's, a, and he's saying a lot of bullshit, people are going to expose him in comments yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, That's like the art of learning how to use the internet to your advantage. Because eventually you're going to learn how to do little fact checks. You're going to go yeah, on well, Amazon reviews. Well, because you, you learn that kind of stuff because otherwise you're just going to be spinning your wheels looking at so much instead of deciphering. Right. Figuring out those tricks that you were talking about because that's what I do. I yep. do that kind of stuff. You're going to spend a lot of time sifting through a lot of bullshit 
just to find what's right. Yeah, dude, Amazon is the modern day consumers reports. Mm-hmm. You know the consumers yeah. reports magazines? Yep. The internet. You, if you go know to how Amazon, to use the internet. look at a product and look at the reviews. Exactly. Because when I when I buy when I buy any fucking thing, I spend too much time researching it. Yeah. And I'll I'll go to Amazon and I'll check the reviews. Like audio gear. I'll spend days figuring out what is going to be the best, mm-hmm. the best bang for my buck, essentially, and and where I need to go with it, dude. This phone case, it's it's beat up and it's old as shit now, but I spent four fucking days reading phone case reviews to yeah. figure out which one is going to be the best. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. And then you get really wild because you get the ones where it's like you see these positive reviews, you're unsure about the way they're written, and then you see the negative comments. Don't trust this company. They do fake reviews. And then you see like four more, and you're like, damn, like this is some deep shit I'm getting into. And I'm, (laughs) but you're ahead of the curve if you look into it. Yeah. Fucking Amazon has, has changed a lot of things. Has changed, like you were saying, it's the consumer reporter. Yeah, consumer report now. It's, it's yes. nuts. Oh, so uh, we should say before we wrap it up, I think we should start saying this at some part in the episode. Like and subscribe. Yeah, like and subscribe <laughs> to anything that you listen to. It's not going to be a nuisance if you click subscribe. Subscribe. Um, it'll help us and anything you can click like on, if it's on your screen and you're able to do it, feel free to do it. Um, but also at Dizzy Street Talk. Instagram. Yeah. Which we're going to start building our Instagram. I don't know if we'll ever go the route of Facebook, but nah, I don't if think we so. do, we'll just probably it's... be auto-generated, like auto-post our Instagram yeah, stuff. because you can link the two and it We might just up. do that, but I don't. I wouldn't probably share it much through mine nah. or even and do... And I, I think Facebook's a waste of time anyway. If it automatically posts it, we might do it. Yeah. But we're not gonna. I'm not gonna like invite all my friends to like the Facebook page and whatever. Instagram's too fucking easy. Yeah, it's too easy to post shit. Facebook, Facebook just gets flooded with people's dumb shit opinions. Anyways, it's just I, to me, it's not worth it, and it's a waste of time. Yeah. So, and then the YouTube videos. I've been um doing them under my YouTube. Yeah, I think but we should a set up playlist. A, we sh- yeah. We should set up a its own YouTube, but yeah. then we would need definitely more content. We would definitely need more regular YouTube stuff. We would need to up well. A we could just upload every video for every episode. We need to find a way to sync it a little better. Then I just need to get better software. Okay, and we'll uh, figure that's it out. that's today's today's project. Cool, awesome. Yeah, like and subscribe, like Mike said. It, Sweet. I guess it helps us out in some way. <laughs> it probably does, but. Yeah. At least know that there's an Instagram out there and stuff gets released on YouTube. And we're also, if you're listening to this on like Transistor, like the, the link I share, you can go on Apple Podcasts and you can go on uh, Google Podcasts. And a lot of phones already have one of those installed on them. Like Google Podcasts, I believe, was already installed on my phone. Yeah, I already had Apple Podcasts. And you already have Apple Podcasts. So it's, and it's a really easy app to listen through. And uh, I actually deleted it. Before I started really getting into podcasts. Oh. But I have it now. Yeah, it's nice. Um, Cool. I'm good with that. You good with that? Yep, I'm good. Until next time. Later.